Sometimes when this place gets kind of empty Sound of their breath fades with the light I think about the loveless fascination Under the Milky Way tonight Hello and welcome to the TV Arc on the Arc of E! Network. My name is Noah and this is our coverage of Here and Now, Season 1, Episode 8, entitled Yes. Wanted to go ahead and get this one up as early as possible because we have a busy recording schedule planned for the rest of the week. Look forward to new episodes of the Movie Arc and the Music Arc as well. You got a new Lost in the Folds dropping on Friday, Ben Folds Friday, of course. And uh, we've also got a new project in the works from the Brothers Blanchard, not the Blanchard Brothers, that's the Brothers Blanchard, that's Matthew and Patrick, who you have heard uh, on Carpenter Revisited and the movie arc uh, here and there. So, uh, look forward to all of that. But for now, uh, let's talk about here and now. That's that's why you're here, uh, hopefully. Hopefully you're enjoying the show, as, as am I. Uh, the streak continues. Uh, I am totally hooked going into the final two episodes. I feel like they still have a lot of ground to cover, but I I think there is a way for them to bring some things to a bit of closure or clarity at least and still leave some interesting threads for season two, which I still have not heard a confirmation on, but I at this point really, really hope happens. So, uh, let's go with our overall episode description. Very brief on this one. Audrey turns the tables on Greg. Ramon and Duke look to Carmen for enlightenment. And Kristen plots revenge. Or Kristen and Naveed, rather. But, uh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's jump right into the episode. We open with Ramon telling Greg and Audrey that, uh, he's, he's done with the therapy. He's going back home, uh, to his place, his apartment. And he's gotta he's gotta get out of the house. So Greg and Audrey are uh, understandably concerned, but they do let him leave. Uh, we move on from there to Duke, who's at the doctor's office. We of course remember that he was having a little bit of stomach trouble in the previous episode, and I believe Audrey uh, did ask him if it might have been his colitis acting up. Turns out that's exactly what it is. So of course the doctor requests that he try to manage his stress level. And we know that Duke is still uh, holding all this internal tension over what he knows about Greg and Audrey, but has still not talked about uh, it with anybody at this point, uh, and still as of this episode. But uh, he does talk to Ramon, who is planning to meet with Carmen, uh, something we set up a couple episodes ago. And I really enjoyed uh, their interplay back and forth. They did feel like an, an older brother and a younger brother who've known each other for quite a while and know how to pick on each other, uh, if you will. Very, very fun scene. I thought incredibly well acted by both of them, and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy that. So we'll, we'll move on to Ramon's meeting with Carmen. Uh, some very interesting stuff comes up, uh, mainly that she thinks Ramon crossed over at some point he had a near-death experience and Ramon assures her that I don't like no I don't recall anything like that and she encourages him to meditate and of course we know he's probably got a lot of stuff buried from his past which is tied in with these visions in some way shape or form 
and she senses fire within him and it may be a creative fire so we don't know if this is relating specifically to the game and maybe he needs to jump back into that and finish it or if it's you know something else going on but this was very again extremely well acted scene i really really like carmen the more we got of her in this episode uh i think she's a very interesting character i hope we get more of her uh i'm sure we will even though things with her and Duke uh, did not go spectacularly, but we'll uh, we'll get to that scene in just a little bit. Uh, we uh, tra- let's transition back over to Audrey, uh, still at home, worried sick about Ramon, and uh, Ashley shows up with a peace offering of sorts after she dressed Audrey down about the uh, video which she was linked to by Jamila uh, and. She brings over a fancy new pair of shoes, uh, a pair of shoes that uh, Greg compliments shortly thereafter, but uh, she doesn't care about Greg enjoying these. Uh, she's She's got the eye of uh, Steve, Steve at work, and uh, we'll, we'll get to that also in a bit, but Greg is looking for uh, anything in the adoption file of Ramon that might give them something to work on. And uh, nothing really comes of that, but uh, Audrey does meet with Shikrani shortly thereafterwards. Okay. Uh, Shikrani, we're uh, introduced to in this episode in a dream sequence, which I, I think I was tipped off to pretty quickly. Uh, just the physical performance of Peter McDesey in this scene. And I loved looking at it uh, almost, you know, side by side with the sequence, how it actually plays out later in the episode, if you will. But we get this dream sequence where Shikrani is following Ramon, and at fr- it does it does initially play it as like, okay, maybe this is actually going on. Maybe Shikrani has reached a disturbing level of his. I, I I don't think I don't think obsession is a wrong word to use, but I think it can be a healthy or an unhealthy one. But it seemed like maybe it was turning dark. But I very quickly was like, I, I think something else is going on here. And by the time butterflies started swirling and Shikrani started elevating, uh, I was like, okay, I'm pretty, pretty sure that this is not actually happening right now. Sure enough, he wakes up uh, and 11-11 once again on the clock. Uh, more strained interaction with Layla. And he offers to go. Uh, once again, pick up something for Uncle Amir at this store, which he just dreamed about. We'll get back to that actual sequence in just a little bit, as if you haven't watched the episode. But we're uh, we're trying to stick a little more chronologically, because I know we got a handful that are just listening along because they're TV Arc fans. Thank you, guys. Eventually, we'll get an episode up here very, very soon where I talk about all the other stuff that I've been watching, particularly Love Season 3. Uh, Portlandia season eight, the final season. That was the final season of Love as well. Uh, I've been watching, I pretty much binged all of Tim and Eric. Uh, awesome show, great job. A show I was completely unfamiliar with until uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, only in passing. Uh, but yeah, that's another, more topics for another cast. But eventually we'll get back to a proper TV arc episode uh, where we can talk about some other things. Uh, maybe when I get Gavin back here on mic this weekend. But for now, uh, we'll get right back into it. Okay, so um, Shikrani meets with Audrey, and 
he spots another 11-11. And it, it does not go over well. Audrey, pretty much at this point, is on Ramon's side and thinks that Shikrani is delusional, uh, possibly psychotic in some way. And she's, yeah, she does not want to have any contact with him whatsoever from this point. So, again, very interested to see how we continue to follow Shikrani's narrative, which for me has been the most compelling element of the show thus far, continues to be his own personal journey, even independent from how it connects to Ramon, is fascinating to me. So I don't think we're going to lose his thread, particularly because we also have Naveed and Kristen uh, and all of their shenanigans going on. Uh, I used shenanigans last week, and I think it actually ended up being appropriate considering that they end up in masks with water guns a little bit later in the episode. So, uh, from there, we move on to uh, a very, very uncomfortable scene in Ashley's store where a gentleman comes in to place, a white gentleman, I should point out, uh, comes in to place a Black Lives Matter sticker in her window. Uh, very, very pushy about it. A immediately uh, aggressive. And Ashley, of course, you know, asks him not to do that. And it culminates with him very, very quickly turning on her and calling her a race traitor. So we know that Ashley's been dealing with a lot of uh, racial issues, racial politics over the last few episodes, kind of figuring out a new identity for herself. Uh, we've seen her transition in the course of this season from uh, not not wearing her hair straight, not trying to appear as white, if you will. Uh, she's back to her natural hair. She has more black friends than we saw her begin the season with. And we've seen a growing tension between her and her husband, which... We didn't get much more on this episode, but I'm interested to see if that comes to a head. But this uh, this interaction was super, super uncomfortable uh, on a lot of different levels. And I immediately, of course, was on Ashley's side, and it's extremely awkward, uh, an extremely awkward position for a person to be put in, particularly a, a black business owner in a situation like that. So I, again... This is one of those instances where you could accuse the show of not being very subtle. I mean, does does this character exist in any sense of reality? I I think the the idea behind the character does. I don't know that there's anybody that's that aggressive and prickish, if you will, from the get go in, in those sort of situations. But uh, regardless, another incredibly like tense scene centered around race that I I think was handled pretty well. All right, back over to Audrey uh, in her office, in her new shoes, uh, more more flirting with Steve Benjamin, and uh, they make plans for dinner at his place, uh, and she seems very, very excited about this. I, uh, please, write in. I'm interested to see how people feel about this at this point. Um... I am simultaneously, like, totally on Audrey's side for all of the Greg stuff. This seems like a very obvious route for this sort of interplay to go down 
uh, in a lot of cases. I think the the X factor of it being somebody that they're both friends with and that there was a former, you know, this lingering flirtation from years ago and the fact that it's tied in with her work life now and everything seems to be going so well. Uh, I don't, I'm not judging Audrey at all for any of this behavior, but I'm wondering if we're being, again, set up for the rug to be pulled out from under. Uh, we find out that the uh, the governor totally dug it. They're in 10 schools, and he wants to put Audrey on television. And we know last time she was on television, that didn't go very well. So she's, of course, a little bit reluctant. And I'm very interested to see, is this a moment where she, she turns it around and is able to uh, kind of redeem herself? After the last outing, uh, will she be edited unfavorably? Uh, will she totally screw up in the moment, period? And will all of this, you know, great progress they've made so far, and now her being the public face, like, is this going to be another public embarrassment for her, which is going to completely wreck her because, the, you know, part of that initial media outing was, of course, afterwards she finds out the empathy initiative has been canceled at the school. And so she's kind of disgraced. And then she's like, I've got to do something for myself. It was this huge, like empowering moment, her deciding to go off and get funding, all of that. And I hope, you know, part of me just wants it to be able to just like, oh, it goes on well. And like eventually her and Greg come to some understanding and her and Steve are like happy together. But I just, for the sake of drama, do not see it going that way. But for now, Audrey's doing quite well. Uh, Greg, on the other hand, struggling a lot. Can't even string together a family dinner. He's got Duke mad at him. He's got Ramon busy with a, uh, a new fling. Not Henry. Uh, still no word on Henry. I think we will see him before the season is over, though. I really have a strange inkling that that might happen. But who knows? Uh, but yeah, so Ramon, uh, in an effort to kind of divert his attentions, uh, finds a guy in a bookstore, and they're having a bit of fun. Greg shows up, so stri strike out there. And uh, Duke, again, not happy with him. So the only people that show up for a sad family dinner are Ashley and Kristen. And I, I thought this was a nice pairing. I like that we're starting to break up the characters a little bit more. We got more of, again, Duke and Ramon in this episode. And uh, I like... I want to see more of that and mixing up the characters that we're used to seeing together. And yeah, hopefully we can get a little bit more of that. I know we've only got two episodes left for the season. I still, they're both giant question marks for me though. I, I feel like we might be building up something super crazy in this next episode. And then 10 is more set up for what could be season two. I, I don't know, but uh, yeah. So at that dinner scene, though, with Greg and Kristen and Ashley, I thought very, very well written. We get a little bit of the kind of multi-generational perspective on the state of the world. Uh, we've got young Kristen, you know, high schooler. We've got Ashley, somebody who's a little closer to middle age. Uh, I'm assuming like early to mid-30s, but... And then we've got Greg, of course, in the 60s, and he naturally wants to point out the age-old argument of everybody thinks that, you know, the time they're living in is the worst, et cetera, et cetera. Parents that lived through 
uh, World War II and that he lived through Vietnam, etc. The world seemed like it was exploding. So he tries to put it in a little bit of perspective, but at the same time, even he maybe is not fully convinced as, you know, as Ashley and Kristen point out to him that maybe this is like the, the worst it's ever been. And I, again, I thought extremely well-acted scene, more of, again, what this show sold me as, a, an examination of the current state of the world through this multicultural family and all these different perspectives. And I want more of that. It's almost as if the the plot, even though some have accused it of uh, being very, very slow moving, moving at a glacial pace, if you will, the plot in some ways has has hindered its ability to to centrally focus on that. Now, maybe it, the show would seem too much like a diatribe at that point, uh, what people were accusing it of in the first handful of episodes. I feel like it's definitely starting to navigate that better and better as we go along. But I was I was glad to see shades of that here, and of course the the Black Lives Matter incident at the store. I I want more of this stuff, and that's why I really hope we get a season two because I think there's room for the more and more we know about these characters the more we can understand their interactions in a given scenario and we can start to kind of, you know, predict how they may react to these various situations which often have race at the core. So, um, Audrey, of course, could not make dinner because she's busy with Steve and she gets a text from Greg while, uh, while Steve is inside her, if I'm not mistaken, and she texts him back, don't wait up. And she is so, so ready and happy to uh, inform Greg of what she's done the following morning when she shows back up. He's been waiting up all night, of course, not waiting up, but in the living room, if you will, passed out. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm enjoying this. I, I know I was the same guy who sat here a couple episodes ago and talked about how much I loved the Tim Robbins, Holly Hunter scenes of intimacy and them kind of like finding their spark again. But in the back of my head, I was like, you know, it's all it's all doomed because we already knew the Fumiko setup. And yeah, I like this new dynamic they've adopted, though, with, um, you know, Audrey seeming to find I feel like she's seems like she's always been kind of a strong character but maybe a little bit more high strung or a little like flighty if you I don't know if I'm using the right word there but um I like this more stern focused uh version of her she's she takes no shit from Greg uh she's still in no mood to make amends and she's going after what she wants in her career and romantically and I again I I can't judge her for that given Greg's behavior I the one thing I would like is we we sat through a whole dinner scene where even it comes up that oh mom must be mad at you over something stupid she always overreacts blah blah blah. and they kind of you know are letting him off the hook so why would Greg tell them well actually I've been seeing a prostitute and your uh, mother found out about it so there that's the big the big blow-up fight we had. Still, nobody's talking about it. So, I, I just... We, it's got to come up. It's got to come up by the end of the season. The secret has got to be out. I don't know how much longer they can keep up the charade 
of showing up to cook family dinner, showing up here and there whenever the kids happen to be around, and them not get that he has been, you know, fully banished. So, um, we move on to uh, Duke and Carmen's awkward hike. Uh, Duke has several colitis uh, flare-ups during this conversation, and I, I really liked his nervous energy on the phone. He played, Raymondly, again, plays the awkwardness very, very well. Uh, this is a nice counterpoint to how we usually see Duke trying to present himself, uh, that he's, you know, extremely well put together. In this case, he's fumbling all over the place, trying to talk to Carmen, somebody he's clearly interested in and respects the opinion of and wants to possibly be romantically involved with. I think that's pretty obvious. But uh, he stumbles his way, literally, uh, through the state, and Carmen's still totally on board and charmed by it and says that she thinks he's, you know, contradictory in all sorts of interesting ways. And I, I kind of agree that's the, that's the intriguing part about Duke is that he does seem perhaps the most internally conflicted of any of the family members, possibly. And uh, yeah, but as I said, he literally does stumble uh, running away uh, in an effort to hide his uh, colitis uproar. And it ends with him being taken away in an ambulance, and he does not want uh, Carmen to follow. So again, I think we'll see more of her. I really hope that we do, especially now that there's a connection between her and Ramon as well. So definitely more opportunities, but for now, Duke is, of course, pushing her away because that's that's what he does, apparently. So, uh, <laughs> again, Duke having a, a pretty rough episode, but I'm enjoying his character uh, more and more, uh, becoming one of my favorites. Still, still a Shikrani man, if I gotta, I gotta be honest. But uh, let's move over to Kristen and Naveed. Of course, they've been planning their revenge plot against the, the evil and treacherous Madison, the uh, Nazi sympathizer <laughs> Madison. And they've decided to uh, spray them with a chemical solution that will uh, stain black on their skin. So uh, we get them throwing on rubber masks and filling up water guns. And there's a lot of talk about making sure they have the solution correct because they don't want to, like, cause them any, you know, extreme injury or something that's going to be completely permanent. But uh, it it has the desired effect. They have a, uh, a very... Uh, Trist kiss uh, shortly there afterwards. Don't know if there's something boiling there. It's just heat of the moment sort of thing. But interested to see where that goes. Again, I, I like Kristen and Avid together. I like their shenanigans once again. And uh, yeah. So again, interesting stuff for me this episode. I feel like we're furthering uh a lot of the relationships that we've that we've already built up. I'm glad we got back to more of Carmen. I think she's a super interesting character. And uh, who who else do we need to uh, move on to? Oh, excuse me. Of course, uh, I I brought up the uh, interesting racially charged incidents of the episode and completely uh, glossed over Shikrani and Layla's uh, night out to dinner, which uh, gets very abruptly ended. Uh, when she's asked to remove her shawl. And uh, Shikrani, again, <laughs> exhibiting what to the outsider looks like completely manic behavior, flies off the handle and um, 
accuses the uh, the owner of the restaurant of fucking cowardice or the host. You know, we don't even know if it's the, the owner or the manager. But apparently it was for her safety. There was a, a shooting nearby or an incident and they want all everybody to feel safe. And I, again, I understand where Shikrani is coming from. I know it's all wrapped up with his very strongly held beliefs or lack thereof. But uh, he clearly can't step out of his own way sometimes and needs to me to really start looking at uh, at his partner, at, at Layla, and how this is all affecting her because I don't want that relationship to completely go away. And I feel like it's on really rocky terrain at the moment. So I, I hope Shikrani can get a handle on things, but I feel like so much of that is tied to Ramon. And if Ramon and the boat rights as a whole have kind of disowned him and don't want anything to do with Shikrati, uh, then I, I don't know where he goes from here. I really, really don't. Uh, but you know, where he does go eventually is to pick up that list of things for, uh, uncle Amir. And he goes to the store, which we find out is where he lived above, uh, for a time years ago. Apparently that's why he, he doesn't like it. And he finds a tape recorder, has a flash to a memory of Uncle Amir not letting him answer phone, telling him that those are bad men coming for you. And it's actually a message from his mother. Uh, so, understandably so, he's simultaneously, like, elated to hear her voice, but also just completely heartbroken over the idea that she tried to reach out and his uncle hid it from him. So, uh... Very, very rough stuff. All right, last few big things in the episode. Uh, Ashley has a very, very intense crowd Maga session. And uh, afterwards, her new friend, Denise, uh, invites her to the gun range where Ashley uh, finds that she's actually a hell of a shot. And uh, maybe she she likes it a little bit. So, again, interesting setup. I, f- I feel like that's going to culminate somewhere. I don't know how, and I I think it could be some some possible tragedy in the works for the final two episodes, but I don't know. Uh, but more of Ashley navigating her, <clears throat> her new identity, of course, all of this informed by her interaction with the police, which is, again, tied into the race of it all with how she was treated versus how Kristen was treated, and it's something she's been dealing with the entire season. So I, I'm interested to see that come to a head. And uh, a little bit more 11-11 stuff, hopefully. Please, some clarity, people. Just a little bit of, what does it all mean, guys? What does it all mean? Okay. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the, the last big set piece, if you will. Greg's philosophy lecture, where... Uh, he pulls an airsoft gun and uh, freaks everybody out, threatening to kill himself unless somebody gives him a good reason not to. And I thought this was pretty pretty crazy, uh, but made for a great scene. Uh, I, de- I can identify with the teacher. This is a little bit of wish fulfillment, I feel like, for any teacher out there who sits in a classroom and sees, you know, 75% of your student body uh, with their heads in their phones or half asleep or just working on other material, but just not engaging 
and he he definitely gets a reaction out of them. But unfortunately for Greg, he also gets a reaction uh, from the board, uh, and they place him on a six months leave of absence because this is the culmination of a lot of uh, weird and erratic behavior as far as they see it from the outside. That's what it looks like. It looks like Greg is losing his shit, which he is a little bit. But um, at at the same time, this is maybe the most positive we've seen him uh, in quite a while. This particular lecture, it's it's the least um, the least downer uh, Greg monologue I think we've had so far. It's the most hopeful in a way, and I uh, I hope that Greg, you know, something new comes out of this for him. And as much as like maybe he finds a new philosophy, but more than anything, Greg, I need you to talk to your son about eleven eleven. Like, please, please do that before this series is over. Uh, we we end our final scene, Duke and Ramon staring up at the stars. A little brief conversation between them and a a rumble in the distance, an earthquake possibly. I don't know. I I don't know because I was too distracted by. Under the Milky Way tonight by the church playing in the background again here and now killing it with the soundtrack choices totally fits in with kind of what they've set up thus far. Uh, we had uh, a lot of you know choice choice 80s uh, Indian alternative cuts so far this season and church by uh, Under the Milky Way by the church uh, one of my favorites. If you haven't listened to our 80s uh, Britpop episode, go check that out. I shouted out on there. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a great way to close the episode. Very, very pleased with it. We've got two left, people. Uh, I I don't know what to expect from them. I think that's a good position to be in. Uh, I have some expectations in terms of what I, what I want to see happen. I have some thoughts on what I think will happen. But I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys think. Uh, where are you sitting with the show at this point? I, again, I, I'm, I'm a fan, guys. I, I'm really enjoying it. I've kind of come around on it. And I feel like that's honestly the case with any show. The more time you spend with the characters, uh, the, the more you're going to dig it, in most cases, uh, if you invest the time. So I'm interested to see, did, has it improved for you? Are you excited for these last two episodes? Where do you think it's going? Are, are we going to get a big, huge, climactic event that's a cliffhanger? Uh, are we going to get some sort of, uh, you know, sub-finale in the penultimate episode and then kind of set up for a possible season two in, in episode 10? What are, you, what are you thinking, guys? So email me, thearchivy at gmail.com, and also email me if you have any questions for future guests of the show Mr. Muhammad El-Mazri, uh, story editor for the entire series, writer of episode three of Deer Shits in the Woods. Uh, will, the plan is that he will be guesting with us uh, after episode 10 wraps. So if you have any questions uh, for him or for me, uh, email thearchivy at gmail.com and we'll definitely incorporate those into that final episode. And uh, I cannot wait to see how everything wraps up. I've enjoyed covering it and... Uh, yeah, I will I will see you guys back here next week with episode 9. But until then, people, remember live in the here and now. Love the
Okay. 